I believe that he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Welcome to our fourth Apostles' Creed devotional. And today we come to uh, that, that event, series of events known as the Passion in the Life of Christ. Uh, this is uh, the section that is, is at the very heart of the creed, and I don't just mean in the middle of the creed, but at the very heart of the creed itself. Uh, J.I. Packer, uh, speaking of this creed, noted that the incarnation, the coming of Christ, the God-man, in the flesh uh, for our salvation, uh, the incarnation is the tabernacle, but he said, the cross is the holy of holies. I think that's beautifully uh, put. Uh, the, the coming of Christ, God in the flesh, God with us, that's a wonderful thing. But just like with the tabernacle, God with people is still a problem if they can't enter into the holiest of holies and be accepted by him. And how do we come through that veil from the outer courts into the inner courts of the temple? How is it that we are reconciled to the king of the universe how is it that we are accepted by him? By the blood of the cross. And so while the Apostles' Creed includes the incarnation, which is the, the beautiful, most wonderful miracle in human history, it is the tabernacling of God with man. Nonetheless, that by itself, if not for the cross, would not bring us into the right relationship with God. So these events the suffering of Christ under Pontius Pilate, the crucifixion, the death, the burial, summarized, he descended into hell. This is the heart of the gospel. Well, these five statements uh, of the historic moments in Christ's life, uh, four statements, I should say, uh, are followed by a summary. Right, so there are five statements there that I've just confessed, that we confess in the creed, that he was su he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And then, uh, if you're reading it one way, you would say the next event in a series of historic events is he descended into hell. But that's not actually how we ought to be looking at that last clause. It's not that it was a further historic event in a series of historic events, but that it is the summary of the previous four. His suffering leading to the cross, where he went and suffered to the extent of death, and there, having died, was buried in a tomb. This, uh, this series of events is an event in which, spiritually speaking, God poured the the, the reality of hell on Christ until the moment when Christ was able to declare it is finished. So we have four historic statements followed by a spiritual uh, commentary. Uh, we're going to focus on the historic ones this week and then Lord willing next time we'll come back to look at that that fifth clause, the, the spiritual commentary. Uh, but thinking about these four events, 
we might consider the first of these, uh, that he suffered under Pontius Pilate. And some ask the question, there's a couple of questions people might ask here. First, why is it that in this creed we jump from the incarnation, his birth of the Virgin Mary, to his suffering and death? What about confessing those three and a half years of earthly ministry, or his life as a whole, the 33 years? I think there are a couple of things we could say to that. The first is, it's the, it's the grammatical tool of bookends. He was born, he died, and assumed within that is the life that he lived. So when we confess that Christ was born of the Virgin and that he suffered and then died under Pontius Pilate, we're confessing his entire life here on earth. But, but additionally, I think it's important to note uh, that uh, the suffering under Pontius Pilate is the culmination of those 33 years, and especially of the three and a half years of human ministry. Uh, the three and a half years where he was being watched by everyone, judged by everyone, led to the point where the Jews, having illegally taken Jesus at night during a feast when it was wrong for the Sanhedrin to meet, they, as the Sanhedrin, brought false witnesses because they couldn't find true witnesses against him. And having not gotten the false witnesses to be able to co collaborate well, they still judged him as guilty, although he wasn't. But the Sanhedrin didn't have the power to crucify Christ or put him to death, and so they bring him to Pontius Pilate. Uh, that is the result of the three and a half years ministry, his being brought before Pontius Pilate. In fact, Luke's gospel especially emphasizes this. For a big part of Christ's ministry uh, in Luke, in the middle of Luke, he declares that Christ set his eyes to Jerusalem. And then we have those, those comments that Christ makes to his disciples over and over during his earthly ministry, and especially the, the last part of it, that he is going to Jerusalem to die. So when we confess, I believe he suffered under Pontius Pilate, we are confessing all of his life between his birth of the Virgin Mary and his death under the judgment of Pontius Pilate. Well, another thing people sometimes ask is, why is Pontius Pilate important enough to be included in this creed? We get the Virgin Mary, uh, but why is the only other name mentioned Pontius Pilate? I think it's a twofold reason. First, that Pontius Pilate pinpoints the time. The Christian faith is a historic faith. It's not just a mythological faith that, you know, hear these stories and they can, they can affect your inner being whenever it happened or if it even happened. No, Christianity is definitively the truth of the historic events and the historic faith. And so it is that two of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke, include genealogies for Jesus Christ. One, Matthew, through probably uh, his stepfather, his, um, his adoptive father, Joseph, and Luke, probably the, the genealogy relating to Mary. Uh, and, and, 
you also look at the book of Acts and you can look at how uh, Stephen and Peter and Paul all integrate historic reality, events, even uh, periods of time. They'll give you the number of years that passed between events in their sermons. Why? Because this isn't just a made-up myth. It's a historic reality. When we confess he suffered under Pontius Pilate, we are saying at a specific time in the Roman rule, Jesus Christ was on earth and he was tried and he was executed. It pinpoints the historic date. But not only that, pointing to Pilate uh, pinpoints a specific date, a time in human history, but it also directs us to the official verdict of pagan men. Pilate, representing the world, gauges Christ on trial. And what does he say? John chapter 19, verse 4, Pilate says to the Jews, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, bringing him, that is, Jesus, out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. 33 years on earth, three years of public ministry, and Pilate doesn't find a single fault with Christ. He is qualified to be the spotless Lamb of God, and therefore, as John the Baptist says, to take away the sins of the world. Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate. He suffered wrongly. He suffered although he did not deserve it. He suffered uh, at the hands of men what he had never earned. He didn't deserve the stripes. It's important that we note Pilate as a witness to the absolute innocence and righteousness of Jesus Christ. Well, we, we proclaim he suffered under Pontius Pilate, and then under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified. He was, that is, put on, uh, as J.I. Packer puts it, the electric chair of the day, the, the execution of the day, an execution that not only by Roman uh, ingenuity, um, the ingeniousness of the Roman oppressors was excruciatingly painful and took ever so long to end, but was also very efficient. So it had all the efficiency of beheading someone and all the pain of long drawn out, days long at times, torture. Jesus Christ suffered a horrific death on the cross. And that's the next thing in the line of historic events, right? He suffered under Pontius Pilate. Under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified and died. The Romans didn't get it wrong. Uh, we have kind of this attitude in our day and age that uh, people back then were stupid. And so he just passed out and they didn't realize it because they're bumbling, ignorant buffoons. Good thing we're so wise. Uh, but the Roman soldiers knew how to execute, and they knew when someone was or wasn't dead. And furthermore, with that fourth thing we confess, he was buried. 
we have to bear in mind that people took his body, they handled his body, they wrapped his body, and they put him in the grave. And again, they weren't stupid and ignorant either. You know, the majority of us, I've never, I've never had to handle a dead body. I've stood beside a, a loved person and touched their body, uh, but that's rare. And I'm guessing a lot of people have never done that. So, so for us, the idea of making a mistake might seem like ignorant, old-fashioned people might make a mistake. The reality is, today, only doctors and morticians and a few other people ever touch a dead body. So how would we know? But back then, you did touch the body. You prepared it for death. You knew if there was life or death in it. And these people, not only the executioners, but people who loved him, people who no doubt would have longed to find just the faintest little pulse, wrapped him so that even if someone had survived that long, they would have suffocated and put him in the tomb. This is the historic event. This is what we are confessing. It's important because if Jesus Christ didn't really die, then other things that are said of Jesus Christ following this didn't really happen either. And Paul says, if those things didn't happen, we are of all people the most to be pitied. We're the most pathetic people in the world. Christianity isn't just a, a vague myth about being a good person. And the cross isn't just a story of a, a victim, and aren't you a victim too? At the cross, in these historic events, stand or fall the reality of the Christian faith. And so being a historic faith, a faith founded on truth, whether or not it happened matters. It's at the heart of Christianity. And we confess those historic events. He was suffered under Pontius Pilate, cruelly beaten and whipped and tortured. He was crucified and he died and he was buried. Why does all that matter so much other than just saying it really happened? What significance does that have for us? In what way does that death open the way so that we might go past just a tabernacle and into the Holy of Holies? That all is summed up in the spiritual commentary. He descended into hell, which Lord willing will consider next time. But it's important that we confess a historic faith. Have a great day.